Hey, Cam. Yes, Alex. Have uh, Have you been watching anything on uh, on Netflix or anything this week? Uh, nothing on Netflix. Although my wife and I are going uh, going back through the series Monk again. Oh, nice. Yeah, that was a good one. Yeah, good show. I uh, I just watched this uh, this documentary. It was about uh, about like like woodland creatures, and there was uh, a a lot about uh, a lot about like you know fish and and beavers. Uh, best damn show I ever saw. I knew you were going there. Dang, got it. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Chatting Average Podcast with your hosts, Riley's Race and the Big Chop Man. Welcome to your friendly neighborhood Atlanta Braves podcast. Welcome to Chatting Average. I'm your host, Alex, joined as always by the brand serial that keeps me on schedule, Cam Matthews. How's it going today, Cam? What's shaking, Megan? Oh, not too much. What have you been up to this week? Oh, nothing much. Just hanging out at the house, uh, working, you know, all that fun stuff. Watching baseball. Uh, pretty sure I broke my toe last night. Okay, I need the story on that one. Okay. Um. So yesterday afternoon, uh, watched the Braves game. Braves lose. Very sad. Oh well. So, uh, the family and I we go outside, and as I talked about last week, uh, we celebrated my daughter's. Second birthday last weekend, and she got one of those water tables as a birthday gift. You know what I'm talking about? No. Okay. Like it's it's like a little plastic table that you know it's got a got a little spout in it, and it's got a little spinny thing on it. You put water in it, and it, you know kids get to play in it, like put little balls and boats and floaties and stuff in there, and it's a it's a grand old time. Okay. Okay. So so we're out in the yard. And we're playing with that, and she's having a great time. And my wife and I were just sitting here watching the toddler play, and she, my wife makes a suggestion, hey, why don't we just uh, call in a pizza real quick and have it delivered and just, you know, kind of have an easygoing night tonight, just hang out at the house. I said, that sounds great. So she orders the pizza, hanging outside, here comes the delivery driver. Pulls into our driveway, I go out, I get the pizza, and I go to go up my front steps to, to go in the house to take the food inside at which point i clip my foot on the top step of my front deck and i fall uh, so yeah, i think we've all done that a time or two so pretty sure i broke my toe because it hurts and it doesn't look great um skinned my knee up pretty good it's a little swollen this morning but somehow the pizza survived despite me <laughs> full on just eating it on the I'm, front <laughs> front deck of my house. I, I'm glad to hear that your priority in that moment was saving the pizza and not self-preservation. Okay. I, I'm, I'm very proud of you for that. So, you know how, like, sometimes if you ever fall, you feel like you're falling in slow motion? Yes. Oh, I absolutely. remember I had the distinct thought of, oh, man, I'm about to ruin our supper. Mm-hmm. And then uh, my mind also went to uh, Walter White throwing a pizza on top of his garage for some reason. <laughs> but luckily, luckily we didn't have Cam, more. Are are you manufacturing methamphetamines in rural North Carolina? 
So anyway, Alex, what have you been up to this week? <laughs> uh, did, I, did I just did I just break news? Is that our is that our our first hot stove deal today? Look, I might live near Jeff Hardy, but I am not Jeff Hardy. <laughs> I'm sorry, that was really wrong. That yeah, that was bad. Uh, luckily, I don't. I think most people listening to this won't get that reference. Goldberg will get that one. Yeah, Goldberg will get it. Hi, Goldberg. <laughs> what uh what what have you been up to this week? Uh not a whole lot. Uh, work working a ton, uh which unfortunately uh that it it prevented me from watching probably the most interesting game of the week, which was a a four o'clock start on Wednesday. But we'll we'll talk about that more in the yeah. uh, breakdown a little bit later. The the highlight of my week was actually yesterday because for the for the game against the Phillies yesterday. Uh, went up to the battery and hung out with uh, with Doc Herbert of the Platinum Sombrero podcast, and that was that was a lot of fun. You you know <laughs> you know you're hanging out with the right person when you go to watch a baseball game, and you watch none of the baseball game. Yeah, there you go. I, I think the only time we actually looked up from the bar we were at was when Camargo hit that monster home run. Oh, what a, what a shot it was, too. Oh, it was it was a, a beautiful thing. So I'm glad we caught that. But aside from that, it was basically us talking, talking baseball, talking life, talking podcasts. It was uh, it was a lot of fun. And if uh, if any of you guys ever had the chance to meet Doc in real life, I, I highly suggest it. He's uh, he, he's a great dude. Yeah, good. Good guys over there at the uh, Platinum Sombrero. Much smarter than we are. Uh, uh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We've found our niche, and and that is to be dumb. It's chatting. Yeah, <laughs> we. It was not an accident that 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 is the name of our show. We we know that we're not high level experts. Nah. I mean, I love the 2013 Braves for God's sake. <laughs> Despite Drax some people not thinking Drax that they were a worthy team. <laughs> I loved yeah. the 2013 Braves. I was I was there when they clinched. That was uh that was a fantastic yeah, season. Aside Good from stuff. the end of it. Yeah. You know. Craig Kimbrell seared into my brain. Anyway. <laughs> uh, he's had a, a hell of a stretch, hasn't he? Oh boy. I tell you, he 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 is fully decided, you know what? I'm gonna make this thing ugly. Yeah, yeah. And as I've mentioned before, and I'll uh, I'll call myself out here, I, I was I was the conductor of the sign Kimbrel train. Uh, I, I was I was driving that thing and I was trying to get everybody on board with me. Oh, I could not have been more wrong. Goodness gracious. It's it's really tough to see how, how that guy has struggled since leaving Boston. Yeah, I think uh, last night, Saturday night game against the Reds, I think he had two or three wild pitches, a uh, couple of walks, a couple of hits. Like just, One of them was a, was a walk-off wild pitch, wasn't it? I think so. Not great. Not, not good, Craig. <laughs> what are you doing, Craig? <laughs> Craig! What are you drinking this morning? I'm drinking coffee, Cam. It's 11 in the morning. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> what about you? Same, same. A little, little bit of, little bit of coffee. Yes. Hey, uh, a couple of weeks ago we talked about coffee creamer. We talked about half and half, right? So. 
Scott for Scott's here. Do you hear that? Bring the mic in close. That's not how the grass should sound. There's weeds everywhere on this lawn. It's time to take action with Scott's Turf Builder Triple Action. It gets three jobs done at once, kills weeds, prevents crabgrass, and feeds your lawn so it keeps growing strong. Ah, oh, much better. Get a bag of Scott's Triple Action today. It's guaranteed, or your money back. Feed your lawn. Feed it. Uh, found a new half and half you need to try, because it's actually pretty good. How, um, how, you, how do you get a new half and half, like... It's so, half. okay, so here, here we go. Lando Lakes now has what they call a coffee house, half and half. And it has more cream in it. It's pretty good. Interesting. Yeah, yeah, it's not bad. So it's no. it's like, it's so it's called half and half because it's half cream and half milk. So are we, is it like a, it's like a five eighths and three eighths. It's not a half and half. I think the I think the exact terminology they use on the carton is it has thirty percent more cream. Then it's not half and half. Like that what? <laughs> I don't work for Lando Lakes. What do you want from me? You should. You're right, I should. I, we need to speak to Lando Lakes manager. Goodness knows I need a higher paying job. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> And if you want to help with that, you can go to teespring.com slash tour slash chatting average podcast and pick up a t-shirt. Yeah. Hey, shout out to whoever bought four Shark Melanson shirts in one order. Yes. I, I, all, there, I, they were all different it. sizes and different colors. So I'm assuming that he bought one for the entire family, which is fantastic. Yeah. If 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 you're first off, if you're the person that bought those four shirts in one order, Please make yourself known on Twitter. Uh, Please. We, we, we would very much like to to recognize you for, for such a large purchase. Um, but in the back of my mind, there's there's a little voice that's telling me, maybe this is Mark. Oh, man. <laughs> I feel I like I, I feel like there's at least a, a slight chance that in the coming weeks, a picture is going to come out of Mark wearing a Shark Melanson shirt. And I I will, we might as well shut the podcast down right there and then. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we're, we're not, we're not, not getting gonna, any bigger than that. Yeah, it's not going to get any better than that, guys. <laughs> so, Mark, so, if, you're, if you're listening, you're not. But if you're listening, thanks for buying all those shirts. And we yeah, look forward for sure. to seeing you in them. So, let's see. Mark has three kids, it looks like. Oh, okay. So did he just like kick one to the curb as far as getting a t-shirt or? Um, yeah. I mean, I, I imagine if you have three kids, there's one that you don't like that much, right? Yeah. <laughs> I answered that really quick, didn't I? You you did. You did. But, <laughs> and I think, you know, you only having one and me not having any. Uh, I think we can look at that and say, while no one would ever admit it pub admit it publicly, um, if you have three kids, what one of them is your least favorite, even if you don't say it out loud. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> you're you're an only child, right? Uh, no, I have a uh, I have a sister two years my younger. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, which one of you is the favorite? Um, I I think her. Okay. Okay. 
I think I, I think her. It's hard to say though. Um, I wouldn't I wouldn't blame them if she was. Uh, she's she's pretty awesome and incredibly successful. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but uh, I don't know. I'm the firstborn, and so there's always that. So I, I'm also the uh, the older sibling. Uh, I have a sister that is three years younger than myself, uh, and she is definitely the favorite. <laughs> like there is there is no. Despite my my obvious charm and good looks, I am not the favorite child. Um, <laughs> she she learned from a lot of my mistakes, which is a great thing. Uh, she saw a lot of the trouble that I got into. So there's that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, oh, well. Yeah, yeah it, it is what it is. Maybe this podcast will blow up and then we'll be the favorites. Hey. <laughs> anyway that's enough about our week let's talk about the week for the atlanta braves with our braves breakdown and now the braves breakdown well as usual it has been an up and down week for the braves with uh lots of things to celebrate and uh a a few things that made us a little bit frustrated but we recorded last friday so we're gonna start with saturday the 22nd phillies at the braves Robbie Erlin comes out and throws four innings pitched with two hits, two earned runs, two walks, and three strikeouts. Austin Riley goes two for four with a two-run home run, and Adam Duvall ends up having the game-winning RBI single in the ninth. Braves win six to five. Love it. It was a yeah, that was that was a a, a good one. It was a very exciting finish, as we're used to seeing from the Braves. Uh, Robbie Erlin gives us another solid start. Didn't blow us away with the numbers like he did his previous time out, but. Certainly good enough to, to warrant getting another look after that. Yep, yep. Bryce Harper hit a bomb in the first inning of that game, though. Yes, he did, and and <laughs> like you know, he killed it. As as the Braves tend to, they they come back from stuff like that. Uh, <laughs> I'll give you a finish. We. <laughs> I don't know if you guys know, but the Braves might not always win. They always give you a finish. I'm going to drop as many chip-isms into this breakdown as possible. (laughs) So moving into Sunday the 23rd, uh, Phillies in Atlanta again. Phillies win 5-4. It was a rough start from Josh Tomlin and a a rough relief appearance for Tukey Toussaint. But as usual, the Braves give you a finish, like we said. Uh, That was the game where Dansby was called out at home on the final play of the game after a, a no call on blocking the plate, they went and reviewed it, and it was still a no call. Uh, having had some time to cool down from it, uh, I was I was obviously very upset in the moment. I I still think that that qualifies uh, as blocking the plate. I, I mean, he was set up to receive the throw in front of the plate. He didn't move an inch when the ball was in the air. Uh, and and he w- and Dansby had to try to slide around him and ended up getting tagged in the process. But if, if you're going to have a rule that says you can't block the plate, I think that needs to be something that you're not afraid to enforce regardless of the situation. Well, I, I think, and, and I've said this a few times this week too, I, I think one of the things that replay system is currently missing or lacking in baseball is – in every other professional sport or even collegiate sport, when there is a review, you get an explanation from an official as to why a certain ruling was made on a review. 
why is it that we can't get that in baseball either? You know, and I'm not arguing whether or not the, the call was correct, but I'm just saying let the fans at home or even the fans in the stands, which if you've ever been in attendance where there is a review on a play, sometimes it can almost be worse as well. Let folks know why that decision was made. It, I don't exactly. think it would be that hard, right? Right. And I mean, that's that's people need transparency right it and, and even if last sunday if it had been a matter of the umpire you know gets on the mic and it's announced that you know after further review it was determined that the throw took the catcher into the line of the base path which according to the rule is permissible it is not considered blocking the play runner out ball game okay let's hear that explanation at least right and and you know what if 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 you don't want to put the umpires in the position of having to speak to the crowd during the game, because ultimately I do think that could get pretty ugly when there are crowds in the stands. Oh at yeah. The, at the very least have the review center in New York release a statement publicly immediately afterwards. Something, something. Yeah. Yes. Get Just give us, give us something. That's, that's yeah. all we're asking. I, I, I still think there's a lot to, there's still a lot lacking from replay in baseball, I feel. Yes, and and hopefully they figure that out over time, but but for now it, it looks fairly ugly at times. Yeah. So the Braves end up finishing that series, taking two out of three from the Phillies. They have Monday the 24th off, uh, going into Tuesday's two-game set with the Yankees. And it rained on Tuesday, so... He had an early game on Monday and then didn't have any baseball until 4 p.m. on Wednesday afternoon. 4 p.m. on Wednesday afternoon came, though, and Ian Anderson was towing the rubber for the Atlanta Braves. We finally called up our top pitching <coughs> prospect, and oh my goodness, did he look like every bit of what he was built up to be. Absolutely. I Just phenomenal outing, uh, first outing, which, uh, you know... I, dare I say it, more impressive than Mike Soroka's debut. Oh, absolutely. I mean, Soroka didn't look good for the first few starts of, of his major league career. He he kind of developed into it. Anderson, I, I mean, I, I hesitate to to go too over the top with one start because the, the situation really... Uh, was ideal for him. Yes, he was playing the Yankees, but he was essentially playing the Yankees B team because of all the injuries they've had to deal with. They didn't have LeMahieu, they didn't have Torres, they didn't have Judge, they didn't have Stanton. So you were playing the pinstripes, but you weren't playing them at their best. Also, the first at bat of the game, Ronald Acuna hits the longest home run of his career, 473 feet off of Garrett Cole, before Ian Anderson ever has to step on the field. So you, uh, you got to feel good about starting with a one-run lead over Garrett Cole. And, and not just, you know, the longest home run of Ronald's career so far, the longest home run in Braves stat cast history, but the guy turned on a 98-mile-an-hour pitch and crushed it. And he wasn't the only one. Dancy no. Swanson hit a two-run home run off of Garrett Cole. Marcelo opposite, Zuna. Opposite field, too. Opposite field. Marcelo Zuna hit one 469 feet off of Garrett Cole. So those nice. two home runs between Acuna and Ozuna 
off of Garrett Cole went over a combined 900 feet. That's wild. Let that sink in. Uh, Markakis also had a two-run double towards the end of the game there, and and Garrett Cole did not make it out of the sixth inning, which, man, I, I don't think anybody really saw coming. You, you, you sort of saw Garrett Cole getting the start for the Yankees and, and automatically chalked it up to a loss. But the Braves successfully ended Garrett Cole's 20-game winning streak. Yeah. Yeah. Wild stuff. I mean— but- there was a lot of uncertainty going into that first game just because, you know, you're going against Garrett Cole, who has been pretty darn good this season other than his last two or three starts. Because he was he was on a bit of a skid coming into this game, although he hadn't picked up the loss in any of those games. But, you know, you've got Garrett Cole on the mound starting for the Yankees. You've got a, a rookie making his debut on the mound for us. And you never quite know how that's going to go, although the past – two or three seasons we've been fairly fortunate in that pitching debuts have gone fairly well you know Bryce Harper or no, Bryce Harper Bryce Wilson had a good debut Tuki Toussaint had a good debut uh Colby Allard had a good debut so you never quite know how those are going to turn out but it was a pleasant surprise that first game absolutely and there, there's certainly plenty to be optimistic about if there's one thing we have said over and over again that our Atlanta Braves need it's it's more starting pitching. And if Anderson can be any fraction of, of what he showed us on Wednesday, then we are far better off right now than we were when we recorded last week. Yeah. Uh, the, the final line for Anderson was six innings pitched, two walks, six strikeouts, and he only allowed one hit, one hit, a home run to Luke Voigt, but one hit to the, the entire game against the Yankees. Yeah. Uh, and, 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 was, and, that, and that hit didn't come until the sixth inning. And it was it, like, it would have been interesting to see him finish the game with, with a seven inning no hitter, just to see what the narrative around the league would have been. Uh, yeah. Especially given the fact that uh, I, I think the night before, or maybe two nights before, Lucas Giolito had pitched a nine-inning no-hitter for the the White Sox in the in the first no-hitter of the 2020 season. Yeah, I don't know. It it would have been interesting, you know. I don't know if we'll end up seeing it this year or not in a seven-inning game, but I'll certainly be interested to see what that conversation is going to be like because I I think it's been determined that that's not going to qualify as a no-hitter. Is that correct? Like an official? I, I, I don't know. I, I I really I haven't seen one way or another on that. Even, I mean, even though there have been partial game no hitters that are still recognized that, you know, whether or not they got ringed out or something like that. But I don't know. It'll be interesting to see. Right. So ultimately, the Braves take the first game of the doubleheader on Wednesday with the Yankees five to one. We go into the second and we get one hell of a pitcher's duel from Masahiro Tanaka and Max Freed. Uh, the Yankees got on top first in the fifth inning on a sacrifice fly from Wade, uh, putting them up one to nothing. And then in the sixth, Freddie Freeman comes out and hits a two-run bomb to put the Braves on top for good. Mark Melanson comes in in the seventh and gets the save, and the Braves sweep the doubleheader with the Yankees, evening evening up their series for the year at two and two. So it's it's so funny how the momentum of that first game and that start by Anderson – can affect the second game. So, I, you know, I, I think a lot of folks, myself included, went into that day thinking, all right, we've got Max Freed on the mound for the second game. 
so, you know, at the very worst, a split would be great, right? Yeah, I would have been I would have been thrilled with a split. But then all of a sudden, you know, you have the start from Anderson that you do in the first game and you go into the second game with Max Freed on the mound. You start thinking, okay, we could potentially take this one, too. And like you said, it was just nothing but a pitcher's duel. Max had kind of one rough inning there where the Yankees put that one run on the board. But the fact that the man threw six innings of one run ball is just phenomenal. Absolutely. Uh, You know, absolutely. He had a couple of. and while it a couple was against, of walks that got away from him, but you know nothing terrible. And, and while it was against the Yankees B team, the Yankees B team is better than I would say most teams in Major League Baseball. Oh yeah, the the depth on that team is just unreal. I mean, as far as depth goes, you you can probably put them and the Dodgers in that top tier right now. Uh, absolutely. So Thursday, we had another day off, giving us three days off between scheduled ones and rain in the same week, which was, you know, kind of odd, giving, uh, given how many games we're trying to play in a short period of time. But we go into Friday, uh, and we get an extra innings thriller with the Phillies in Oof. Philadelphia. Uh, Inciarte and Riley hit back-to-back home runs in the seventh uh, to tie the game up, uh, and then we go to extra innings. Uh, the first thing we see was Shane Green's masterful work to get the Braves out of the 10th inning alive after having runners on first and third with nobody out. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I think Austin Riley in the 10th had the the defensive play of the game after catching a, a basically blocking a hot shot to 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 third base with his body as though he's a he's a goalie in hockey or something and making a bullet throw from his knees to throw the runner out at home plate. Yeah, great play there. Uh, Shane had actually a really good ninth inning, too. Oh, um, yeah, we got two innings out of Shane. Yeah, we got we got two innings out of Shane, and his ninth inning was really good. But I'm pretty sure that was just a clean inning, three up, three down, um, where he just looked phenomenal to put it into extra innings. And then... Gosh, I don't know how he pulled that 10th inning off, but just phenomenal work there from Shane. I was I was sweating during that 10th inning like it was game 7 of the World Series. It was it it was just one of those games that had you on the edge of your seat. So Oh yeah, so, and I and I was fully prepared for the game to end there in the 10th. Like I just thought, well, there's going to be a little bloop here or something and and that's going to be it cuz that's just a very hard situation to be put in, but he he worked his way out of it to his credit. Absolutely. So unfortunately, after the 10th comes the 11th inning. And uh, I I didn't want to have to have this conversation twice in the same week. But we we start with the runner on second, like everyone does in extra innings. Uh, Inciarte gets on base to move the runner to third. So we have runners at first and third. Inciarte steals second base. Clearly safe. Yep. Clearly safe. The The throw was on time, but it was a high tag and NCRT got under it by a fairly significant margin. I don't and, even know if he got the tag on, to be honest. Yeah. And you can. You I'm, I'm still not convinced that the tag was there. You could tell in real time that he was safe. And then they went to replay and slowed it down. And you could tell even more that he was safe. And yet the umpires called him out. So this is the situation where an explanation would be great you know 
what did you see? There, there. That, honestly, that an an explanation in that situation would have done nothing but uh, upset Braves fans even more because there there was no explanation. That was an absolutely inexcusable call. Well, at least give us some kind of excuse. You know what I mean? Like we we already know that there's just nothing but incompetence on that call, but at least let us know why you were so incompetent. But they're not going to do I, I that. Don't, I, gonna I, don't, pre- I don't think that helps anything, honestly. You know, the, yeah. the, the the one on on Sunday was a different sort of deal because it was a bang bang play and it was very close. And really, the call could have gone either way. This one was was just so blatantly a blown call. That, yeah, that uh, there, no explanation would have left anybody feeling more satisfied. Yeah. So we we get that call. We end up not getting the run in in, in the eleventh. Uh, Melanson comes in to to keep us alive in the bottom of the eleventh. And of of all people, Scott Kingery hits a walk off three run <coughs> run, which you know after after a letdown like you had in the in the top of the eleventh, uh, really you you, you just. You, you kind of expect it. You're not going to have a lot of chances in extra innings these days with teams starting with a runner on second. Yeah, it's it's a very hard situation. I mean, you know, in any other regular game, there there's always that advantage of playing a home field because you get the last at bat. But especially in these extra inning situations, it, 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 the advantage is just that much more in in, in their wheelhouse, you know. Absolutely. So from there, we go to Saturday, yesterday's game. Braves won, Phillies four. Uh, an- another rough outing from Tomlin. Uh, get a big home run for the Phillies from Reese Hoskins. Uh, some great defensive plays in the outfield from Ronald Acuna Jr. That's worth mentioning. <laughs> uh, a huge home run from Johan Camargo. But aside from that, really, really nothing to to be terribly excited about from that one. It was just a, a, a rough day at the ballpark. And, you know, that that puts us at since the last time we recorded an episode, we went three and three. Uh, we're still four games above 500. So first place. Got to feel good about that. Uh, yeah. and, and, we, and, and the Marlins, the Marlins have lost three in a row right now. So, you know, we're maintaining that lead in in first place. Yep, and and really all 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 I'm concerned with, like I've been saying all year, is just stay stay in first place, regardless of what your record looks like. Just get into the postseason, and the last couple of weeks of the season, get be healthy and get hot. That's that's all that matters. Look at the the Nationals last year. The Nationals were crap, but they were they were healthy and they were on fire going into the postseason and ended up winning the World Series. So. There is absolutely no reason that that the Braves could not be that team this year. Yep, yep. You know, it just continues a trend. You know, just stay stay above 500. Because first place or second place, let's look at it honestly, gets you in the postseason. And you get into the postseason, everybody's record is 0-0 at that point. Exactly. So there's, there's a bright spot, folks. It's okay. There, if if there are reasons for optimism, you can count on us every single week to give them to you because we enjoy baseball. Even even when there are ups and downs, that's that's part of it. And and the day that 
I watch a baseball game and and have zero fun watching it is the day I probably shouldn't watch baseball anymore. So you can always count on us for for the positive spin. That's right. Plus, you know, if the season ends on a bad note, guess what? Life goes on. It's okay. Absolutely. You're okay. Well, that does it for the past week for the Braves. Let's take a look at scenes from around the league. And now the fellas take a look at scenes from around the league. All right. As we are recording, we are one day away from the the trade deadline in Major League Baseball, and things are starting to get pretty interesting. We've had a lot of moves to talk about, but first, let's take a look at the standings. In the American League East, New York has been on a slide. uh, No, we're going to let it slide. Going three and seven in their last 10 and are now four games behind the Tampa Bay Rays for first place in the division. Equally interesting to that is that Toronto is only a half game behind the Yankees for second place in the division. So the Yankees need to get healthy and and get some reinforcements in. Otherwise, they might be in danger of being out of the playoff spot. Eh, You know, that's all right. Yeah, I'm okay with that. Uh, I, I would That's right. if if we didn't have to face Garrett Cole in the in in the World Series when we inevitably get there, uh, I'd feel good about that. Yeah. On to the Central, the Cleveland Indians have taken the lead in the NL in the uh, AL Central with a 21 and 12 record, a game up on the 20 and 13 White Sox. The Minnesota Twins have fallen back to third place a game and a, a game and a half out of first at 20 and 14. Uh, those are the only three teams that are still in uh, in contention with the Tigers at 15 and 16, five games out of first place and the Royals at 13 and 28 games behind. But I, I think if you look at the standings, the Central is pro- AL Central is probably the most competitive division in baseball with with. Three 20 win teams already, all three of which are within a game and a half of first place. Yeah, I, I would definitely say so. I mean, hell, the, the White Sox are not that I think anybody expected them to be a bad team this year, but they've come out of the gate a lot hotter than I think folks realized that they would. Absolutely. Uh, in the West, uh, the Houston Astros do seem to have turned it around. They are 19 and 14 now, two and a half games behind the first place Oakland Athletics, who are sitting at 22 and 12. Uh, they have lost two in a row, though, are six and four in their last 10. And so it's going to get interesting between those two teams uh, in the West. The Texas Rangers, Seattle Mariners, and Los Angeles Angels all have 13 wins or less and are nine or more games out of first place. So you can expect all of those teams to be sellers at this point, which bodes well for the Braves, who have reportedly had interest in Texas Rangers starter Lance Lynn. Oof. Uh, I've got a hard time with that one. Not that he wouldn't be worth it, but boy, is he going to bring a haul, as he should. Yes. And, and, I mean, whether or not paying what they're going to demand for him is worth it, it it, it really hinges on, 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 on what you think of the 2020 Major League Baseball season. Is this a year you want your team to go all in to try to win a World Series? I, I don't mind the idea, although there are a few names uh, I, I wouldn't want to see leave Atlanta. Uh, it's 
it's tough because we've spent the last couple of years getting really attached to a lot of high level prospects, guys, the likes of, of Kyle Muller, a, a friend of the show, Tucker Davidson of uh, Shea Langoliers, guys like that. But if you want a guy like Lance Lynn, I would imagine at least one of those names is going to have to go. Uh, yeah. And, and I, I don't, I don't know if I necessarily lump Lance into the the rental category. I mean, because you would technically have him for next season too. He's not a free agent until 2022. But if if you want him, you're gonna have to be prepared to give up quite a bit. Absolutely. And and to that point, going back to uh, to the central for a second, with the Cleveland Indians being in first place, uh, I know there are a lot of people out there who who have Mike Clevenger as their their first pick for who the Braves should go out and get. Um, again, Cleveland is in first place. And so to get a pitcher the caliber of Mike Clevenger away from a first place team, not only are you going to have to pay an astronomical sum, you're going to have to overpay because of the control that he's got on his contract. Uh, yeah, I, I, I have, I'm very skeptical, skeptical, easy for me to say, of any actual talk of Clevenger or Plezak going anywhere, just because, again, you've got a team that's in first place and depth is incredibly important. I don't understand the logic in trading either of those guys away. Right. And, and I mean, it, God forbid, but if Shane Bieber were to get injured, how valuable would Clevenger be to the Indians? I mean, you, you have to be. Oh, yeah. I mean, he, he's, he's their number one at that point. Right. Exactly. So moving into the National League in the East, Atlanta is still up two games on the 14 and 14 Miami Marlins. Philly is tied with the Marlins at 14 and 14. Uh, the Mets are 15 and 17, three games out of first place. And Washington is 12 and 18 in the cellar, five games behind first place. So while the Braves are the only team above 500 in the National League East, all five teams are still within five games of first place. So we could be in for a wild finish in our division. Uh, not to not to like you know get cocky about it or anything, but gosh, imagine you know Hamels doesn't start the season hurt. And we've got Soroka, and so our one, two, three, you know, to start the year, or you know, up until this point has been Soroka, Freed, Hamels, and then now you add Anderson into that. We could have been running away with this division at almost thirty and like. We we would we would have been thirty-two and zero today if if we had that if we had our whole uh, you know summer camp rotation intact. Uh, yeah, I mean, you, you look at you look at quite a few of the games that we lost. Feel like we lost them early, just because you know that night's starter fell so quickly. You get a little more consistency out of the starters, and this season looks a whole lot different. I feel like. Mhm. I, I don't think anyone would argue with you on that. Yeah. Uh, moving to the NL Central. Yeah, so, somebody will, but. Well, yeah, that's just the nature of things. Uh, moving to the NL We should Central. trade Enciarte for Clevenger. <laughs> uh, if 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 you didn't see on Twitter today, I actually had someone suggest that Ender Enciarte would be the centerpiece of a deal for Mike Clevenger, and and said it seriously. 
Um, and I, 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 I don't know. Also, he spelled it Endor, like the like the planet from Star Wars where all the Ewoks are from. So that was pretty funny too. <laughs> but moving to the National League Central, the Cubs have a three and a half game lead at 19 and 14 over the Brewers, who are at 15 and 17 right now. St. Louis is starting to make up a lot of those games that they missed after uh, their their COVID outbreak. They are now 11 and 13, tied with Milwaukee at three and a half games behind the Cubs. The Cincinnati Reds uh, are. Five and five in their last 10, which is the best record in their last 10 games in the entire NL Central. Uh, they are at 15 and 18, four games out of first place. And Pittsburgh is in the cellar at nine and 21, being the only team in baseball that has yet to win their 10th game. <laughs> Yikes. <laughs> Yikes. Uh, in the West, the L.A. Dodgers, as expected, have taken a commanding lead on the division. They are 25 and 10, five games up on the second place San Diego Padres, who are firmly in a playoff position. The, the, the San Diego Padres are 20 and 15 and five games out of first place. So the Dodgers are running away with the National League West right now, although the Padres are 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 are, are a team to be scared of, guys. Uh, they're, they're five games out of first place, but you don't want to play the San Diego Padres right now. I assure you of that. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think I think with the Padres that their rotation is still a bit of a question mark. But golly, when they're going to come out and just put 12 to 14 runs on you every night, uh, their starters have a little more wiggle room, really. Well, and and the Padres just today have have addressed a, a couple of the, of the glaring needs that they had as a team. They they acquired Trevor Rosenthal from the from the Royals uh, to to help bolster their bullpen, and they acquired first baseman slash DH Mitch Moreland from the Boston Red Sox. So reinforcements are on the way in in San Diego. Yeah, uh, they're they're a team kind of like what the Blue Jays have done this week. They're a team that are they're adding on some pieces and they're going to be interesting down the stretch. Absolutely. The the Rockies are still hovering around 500 at 17 and 16, seven games out of first place in the West. The San Francisco Giants, surprisingly, are not in last place in their division. They are 16 and 19, nine games out of first place. And the Diamondbacks are in last place at 14 and 20, 10 and a half games out of first. All right, so we're at the we're at the halfway point of the season. Okay, so mm-hmm. I think I think we can kind of safely you know throw some of these out there. What team has been the biggest disappointment so far this year? Uh, I mean. I, it's a it's a toss up for me. Uh, there are okay. two teams that I, I have as the biggest disappointments. Uh, okay. And right now, it's the Washington Nationals and the Arizona Diamondbacks. Okay. Okay. You, you have the the defending champs at 12 and 18 and just not playing very good baseball right now. They are four and six in their last ten. Uh, and you have the Arizona Diamondbacks, who who were not expected to win their division by any means this year, but they were expected to be a good team that you didn't want to play. Guys, the Diamondbacks are one and nine in their last ten games. Oof. Things things are not going well in Arizona. No, no, they're not. Um, 
I, I, I'll, I'll agree with the Diamondbacks. I, I think another team, I think, that has just massively underperformed, not that they were necessarily expected to, you know, win their division by any means, but I think the Angels have just not done what they were expected to. And I know that coming into this season that, you know, their rotation was going to be their biggest weakness and that sort of thing. But, you know, they they're in last place in the AL West right now, which I don't think anybody actually expected. No, no and they, they're just they look really, really bad right now. And and I, I expected them to compete for a, a, a playoff spot uh, yeah. with with the expanded uh, playoffs. But they're not even close to that right now. I nope. that, like I, I'm going to hang my hat on my Padres pr- prediction uh, because my Angels prediction looks real bad right now. Yeah, I mean, they're they're 10 games out of first place at this point, which yep. is just brutal with 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 nothing really positive to to point at. No, I mean, the 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 Kansas City Royals have a currently have a better chance at making the postseason than the Angels do. Also, the Angels appear to be selling. They yep. just traded to Tommy Listella, uh, I believe was an all star for them last year to the Oakland Athletics, who are 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 only getting better. They are they are 22 and 12 with uh, the third best record in Major League Baseball right now. All right. So on the flip side of that coin, uh, who who has over overperformed uh, given expectations? It's got to be it's got to be either the Padres or the White Sox, right? You know, I, I I expected good things from the White Sox this year. Uh, I, I think. Yeah. But this the, good though. The the team for me that that is is most outperforming their expectations is the Miami Marlins. Uh, the, yeah. Got, okay. Yeah. Uh, that's that's as of right now. Uh, honestly, I think things could get kind of ugly for them in the back half of the season. But but to be 28 games in and to be at 500, I think is far better than any of us would have predicted for the Marlins. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I can agree with that. Who who do you got? Um, Marlins are a good pick. I I still think I'm gonna go with the White Sox just because. You're, I mean, you're talking about a 20-win team already 33 games in for them, sitting in second place in the AL Central. And, you know, I, going into this season, I think we all felt like that was going to be the division for the Twins to, you know, take away. But they're currently sitting in third. Um, Yeah, I, I think I think the White Sox have been a pleasant yeah, surprise. I, I mean, the, as we mentioned before, um. Lucas Giolito had the no hitter the other night for the White Sox, so so you know they've got that 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 front line starter that can just eat anybody up. But but what's really remarkable about them is the offensive juggernaut that they have turned into as a team this year. Whew. They have the they have the third best run differential in all of baseball, uh, outscoring their opponents by 39 runs so far this season. I mean Jose Abreu has just. <laughs> Have, is having a career season so far this year. Oh, yeah. And Encarnacion still being very productive. Uh, yeah. Dallas Dallas Keuchel is, is finding a bit of a resurgence with the White Sox. Yeah, and I mean, say what you want. He wasn't the Cy Young winner that he had been in the past for us last year, but he was a solid starter and and – you know, you get you put a guy like that on a team that's going to give you ridiculous run support, and he's going to do pretty well. 
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, there's something to be said about pitchers that can go out there and, you know, they might give up two or three runs every start, but hey, it keeps you in the game at least. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, like we mentioned, uh, the trade deadline is tomorrow and a lot of moves have started coming down the pipe. So uh, I'm going to rattle a lot of these off. Cam, if you got any comments on these, just stop me here. All right. So the first one that kind of got the, the, the first match to light the stove was the Blue Jays acquiring Taiwan Walker, a guy that uh, a lot of Braves fans had had targeted as a potential uh, move for a starting pitcher for us. Uh, the White Sox went and acquired Gerard Dyson, uh, giving them a little bit more offensive firepower. Uh, the Padre, like we said, the Padres acquired Trevor Rosenthal. Uh, and Mitch Moreland. Also, the Cubs have acquired Jose Martinez from the first place Rays in a, a very that, interesting. Uh, yeah, that that's an interesting one to me. I don't yeah, know. I, I, it's just it's always odd to me to see uh, first place teams that appear to be selling. Yeah. Yeah, and and I know that you know from what I've read they you know they've got a backup plan they've got a guy in the wing to kind of take over that DH spot that Martinez was occupying, but I mean, Martinez has done pretty well this year and I don't know why you give up pieces at this point. I mean, depth is important. I will bang that drum to, to eternity. Absolutely. And, and, and to bring it back to the Atlanta Braves, the Braves have picked up a starting pitcher today. Yeah. Uh, The Braves acquired left-hander Tommy Malone from the Orioles. Now this is, this is not a name that, that anybody is going to argue is, is going to change everything for a rotation, but with the state of the Atlanta Braves rotation right now with, with Max Fried being your number one with a bullet with, with Ian Anderson looking good in his first start, but still being a question mark as a very young man and basically no starting pitching after that. Being able to add a guy that's going to slot in at four or five is huge for this team. It's absolutely massive. Even though his numbers aren't going to blow you away, it's one less piece of the rotation puzzle that we need. Because ultimately, we were going to need that that number four or five starter. And I think that Tommy Malone is a better option than than anybody we've been putting in that position at this point. He's a he's a 10-year veteran of, of Major League Baseball. He's got a 3.99 ERA in in his starts with the 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 Baltimore Orioles this year. All we gave up for him were two players to be named later, neither of whom were in the Braves 60-man player pool. So, relatively cheap fills yeah. a need. I I don't think anyone can can really be mad at that. Tommy Malone Tommy equally Malone. handsome, equally smart. <laughs> You've been waiting all day to say exactly that, haven't you? <laughs> it was my first thought whenever I saw we got <laughs> We're professionals, guys. <laughs> I wonder if he'll bring some of this Malone's famous chili to the Braves ducket. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> You are, got it. <laughs> you are disgustingly proud of yourself right now. Ooh. Oh boy. Uh, to I me, watch baseball. I watch the office. That's about it. That's, <laughs> that sums it up uh, to make room for Tommy Malone on the active roster. The Braves have designated first baseman, Matt Adams for assignment. 
So he he had a couple of uh, of big moments for us very early in the season before he went on the IL, but he hadn't looked yeah. so good since coming back. <laughs> and uh, I, I think that was a perfectly fair move to make to 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 create some space for Malone. Right, and, and you know we knew when the Braves signed Matt Adams that. He was not the player anymore that he was in 2017. So, you know, there, I don't think there's a lot of hard feelings on that one. Right, right. And, you know, uh, while Tommy Malone wasn't the the guy that, that we all were thinking that we needed, it's safe to assume that the Braves are still actively pursuing a lot of different options out there. And I I fully expect some more help to come to Atlanta in in the next 36 hours. And and here's the thing. If I know one thing about the Braves front office, it's it's that they are considering options and discussing trades that none of us know about. And when I say none of us, I include national sports writers because we have we've been linked to Lance Lynn. We've been linked to Dylan Bundy. But we typically don't get the guys that we're linked to. Y'all remember when we signed Josh Donaldson? Nobody, nobody said that name in connection with the Braves before we signed him. Yeah, uh, it's well known now that, you know, Anthopolis runs a very tight ship. And I am fully, uh, fully excited for Kevin Gosman making his return to the Atlanta Braves. <laughs> Bring on the gas man, baby! We're not bringing back Bartolo? I think we got to find Bartolo first. Where's he at? Uh, <laughs> He's either on an island or on a boat somewhere, because that's all I've seen from him the past two years. Uh, let me just go up on the roof and, and light up the Bart signal. Up on the roof. <laughs> oh, come on. Bart signal was great, Cam. Da-da-da-da-da-da. <laughs> and it would be like old Adam West Batman if he came back, like, boom, pow. Gosh, golly gee, Willikers Batman. <laughs> well, it, it'll it'll certainly be an exciting 24 hours. And if there's one thing I know, it's that the second we stop recording this episode, something big will happen. So we'll talk about that next week. But that's enough about the last week in baseball. Let's talk about years past, Cam. Let's do it. All right, so we're going to dive into this week in baseball history. As always, you can find these facts from nationalpastime.com. The week we're going to be looking at is August 31st through September 6th. Golly, I cannot believe we're already in September. Our first fact comes to us from August 31st, 1990. Ken Griffey and Ken Griffey Jr. become the first father and son to play in the same major league lineup. The 40-year-old left fielder and his 20-year-old offspring both score a run in the Mariners' 5-2 victory over the Royals at the Kingdom. There you go. That's so cool. uh, They they went back-to-back at one point, right? They did, indeed. And Ken Griffey Sr. will argue to this day that his home run was better. (laughs) (laughs) Like, he, he has done I don't know how many interviews talking about how his was better. As As any dad should. Well, because I think he argues that, like, Junior pulled his, whereas Senior is like, no, I went dead center. (laughs) Mine's better. (laughs) Mine went further, I think is his argument. (laughs) That's good stuff. Good stuff. All right. Our next fact comes to us from September 1st, 1931. 
Lou Gehrig, for the third time in four days, hits a grand slam. Wow. The Bronx Bombers' first baseman's third-inning bases-loaded home run off of Ed Morris proves to be the difference in New York's 5-1 to victory over Boston at Yankee Stadium. So That's uh, – eat your heart out, Slam Diego Padres. <laughs> Lou Gehrig, the, uh, the original Slambino. <laughs> I like Slambino. That's a good one. Three, just think about that. Okay, just, you know, athletic prowess aside for Lou Gehrig, think about everything that has to go right to have that situation come up. Like, I think that's what's so incredible about the whole Padre situation last week of, like, how many Grand Slams they were hitting. Because think about how many, like, what all has to happen for a Grand Slam to occur. Right. And the fact that that happened in so many games, you know, nearly in a row. So think about that happening for one single player. The the odds must be just astronomical. Somebody much smarter than us, please figure out what the what the odds for that are. <laughs> All right. Our next fact comes to us from September 3rd, 1957. Braves left-hander Warren Spahn with his eight to nothing blanking of the Cubs at Wrigley Field sets a National League mark for shutouts thrown by a southpaw. The future Hall of Famer has now held his opponent scoreless 41 times, breaking the record previously shared by Epa Rixie and Larry French. What was that first name? Epa, E-P-P-A. Epa Rixie. Interesting. R-I-X-E-Y. Yeah. That's that's a good name. But yeah, that's a that's a ridiculous stat. <laughs> 41 shutouts. I mean, I you're, you're going you're going to win a lot of games that way. Yeah, 1957, good year for the uh, for the Braves and for Warren Spahn cuz Braves won the World Series that year and Warren Spahn wins the Cy Young award. So I remember it fondly. I'm sure you do, you old geezer. <laughs> Our next fact comes to us from September 4th, 1990. Jim Abbott, born without a right hand, no hits the Indians at Yankee Stadium 4-0, becoming the first pinstripe pitcher in a decade to throw a no-no. In the ninth inning, leadoff hitter Kenny Lofton is loudly booed by the fans after he fouls off a bunt in an attempt to make the one-handed pitcher field a ball. Uh, I'm I'm so torn on, on, on that kind of a play. I'm not. Play to win. Is bunting playing to win, though? Yeah. Is, is it really? It's a base hit. Uh, it's a base hit all day long, Daddy. Uh, I don't know. Maybe it's because that I, I distinctly remember that being such a cool moment. And even though I, I, I dislike the Yankees, mm-hmm. seeing a guy literally born with one hand. Yeah. Yeah. Not only pitching in the major leagues, but throwing a no-no is—it's is, just—it's—it's it's insane. It, it doesn't make make sense, and it's just a, uh, one of those beautiful things that happens in baseball. Yeah, absolutely. I, so you know, this week that'll be that'll be 30 years ago at this point. I feel like I feel like as time goes on, Jim Abbott isn't brought up as much as he should have been. Just—I mean, just think about it. The guy had one hand, and was a formidable pitcher for several years in the major leagues he he would if i remember correctly he would so he had basically the the one arm that was a a stub and he would he would like put that in the the pocket of his glove 
and, and trap the glove against his body. Yep. Th- throw the ball with his one hand and then immediately put his up, his hand into the glove. So his, his glove hand and his throwing hand were the same hand. And somehow he pulled that off well enough to be a professional baseball player. Yeah. So it's not just a matter of like being a pitcher and throwing like you have to field, too, which right. he did. And and logistically, that's that's in, that's insane. It, it that that just boggles my mind that that he was able to do that at such a high level. All right. And our final fact comes to us from September 6, 1995. And we've brought this up several times here on the show, but here we are at the defining moment. Cal Ripken Jr. breaks Lou Gehrig's consecutive game record playing in his 2,131st straight game. When the game becomes official in the middle of the fifth inning, the new Iron Man takes a victory lap around Candom Yards during the 22-minute standing ovation from the sellout crowd, including President Bill Clinton. So there you go. September 6th, Cal Ripken does it. One of, one of the great moments in, in my baseball watching life. Yeah, I you know, it I think it's it's almost easy to forget too that it happened in 1995 and so, you know, to put that in perspective, you're coming off of a delayed start of the season because of the strike ending season the previous year and all of a sudden you've got you know, you've got this historic occurrence. It was it was a big deal for the sport. It really was. And and I mean, we mention this all the time, but Yet another record that will never be broken. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, it's I, so... I cannot imagine a circumstance where anyone even uh, uh, approaches getting within a season's worth of games of that record. I mean, how how often it's almost rare now to see guys play every game of a season. It really is. You know, I think because most game logs that you look at you know, even your everyday player kind of guys are still only going to sit at like 160, 161, because inevitably there's going to be a day, you know, a Sunday game, especially at the end of the season, if the team has clinched the division where they're going to get a day off. Yeah. And and I mean, this is more of an NBA term, but a a term that gets used a lot in the sports world these days is load management. And, And, and just about every sport, you have coaches and front offices who who focus on that to 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 preserve as much of of a player's uh, energy as possible. And, you know, that just wasn't a thing during the majority of 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 Cal Ripken's career. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, in just the amount of the amount of good luck and good help it almost takes to 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 pull off something like that. It, it's it's certainly certainly the feat. Well, that has been This Week in Baseball History. Do with that useless knowledge what you will. All right, we're going to take a quick commercial break, and then we will come right back to preview the next week in in, uh, Braves baseball and listen to your voicemails. Hey, do you or someone you love have a beard that could use a little TLC? Well, we've got some good news for you. We here at the Chatting Average Podcast have hooked up with an ambassador for a brand for just about any man, The Beard Struggle. These guys are celebrating all that is man by providing some of the best products around to get your beard ready for the big leagues. They've got everything from beard oils to balms to combs and tons of other great stuff that is perfect for getting your facial hair looking great. 
Check them out today at thebeardstruggle.com and use promo code AVERAGE15. That's AVERAGE15 to take 15% off of your first order. Compliments of the Chatting Average podcast. If you or someone you know has a small business, you need to check out the creators of ChattingAveragePodcast.com, Goat Web Design. These guys have everything you need to get your small business up and running with an awesome online presence. They'll create your mobile and desktop-friendly website quickly and affordably with responsive service, and most importantly, it'll look amazing. Check them out on Twitter, at Goat Web Designs, on Instagram, at Goat Web Design, or on the internet at GoatWebDesigns.com, and tell them the guys from Chatting Average sent you. And now, the boys preview the week ahead. All right, we're going to take a look at the week coming up for the Atlanta Braves. Starting tonight, Sunday the 30th, we are still at Philadelphia for the last game of our three-game set with the Phillies. Yet again, we are on the big four-letter network, ESPN Sunday Night Baseball, and we've got Oscar Ainoa going up against Jake Arrieta. So hopefully we can pull something out tonight, uh, get a good start out of Ainoa, uh, and and salvage a game out of this series. But if we don't, we're still in first place. So everybody... Get breathe. out of here with your reasoning! Everybody breathe. Uh, from there, we travel to Boston, and we are at Fenway Park for a three-game set. We have Max Fried going in the first game. We have Ian Anderson going in the second game. Currently, we have Robbie Erlin penciled in to start the third game of that series, but I would not be terribly surprised if that was where we saw Tommy Malone debut for the Atlanta Braves. Malone. And then we're going up against three pitchers that I've never heard of for the Red Sox, so uh, I, I have to assume we take at least two out of three, if not sweep that series. Uh, you know, Boston's a really bad team this year and, and you, you have to capitalize in your series against teams like that. So, well, especially uh, who knows, you know, it, it's, it's just the middle of the day here on Sunday. Who knows who else the Red Sox are going to give away at this point? You know, Mitch Moreland is gone and he was one of the few highlights of a very not so great Red Sox team. Yeah. And, and off the air, we actually discussed, uh, JD Martinez, uh, and and whether or not they would they would move him, but looking up his stats, he is he's having a really rough year for a guy that that was an all star the last two seasons for the Red Sox. Yep. So I'm not sure anybody would anybody would want him, and I actually look forward to facing Boston and JD Martinez. And now that I've said that, he'll hit six home runs in three games. Uh, yep. <laughs> So we have our our game at Philly tonight. We have three at Boston starting tomorrow on Monday. And then on Friday, we have a four-game set with the Washington Nationals, including a doubleheader of back-to-back seven-inning games Uh, on Friday. We have Josh Tomlin slated to start the first game of that. Uh, And we have a TBD after that. So we not only could we be looking at uh, at seeing the debut of Tommy Malone in a Braves uniform, we could also see a Tucker Davidson potentially get called up. I know we've been saying that for the last couple of weeks consecutively, but we keep having spots where that might make sense. So uh, I know the two of us are hoping to see that. Hopefully that comes to fruition or perhaps the Braves make a move for another starter. That would be a good position to to give them their first start. Yeah. And then luckily after that double header, we go right back to the top of the rotation with Freed and Anderson closing out the last two games of our series in the, against the Nationals. And uh, I'll, I'll tell you this much. The Nationals want no part of either of those pitchers right now. 
Yeah, no, I, and it looks like we'll be going up with Fetty and Corbin. So you know, Anderson against Corbin, that'll be fun. That'll be that'll be interesting. That ought to be an interesting game. Yeah, I mean, it's God, he's he's drawing some interesting matchups, having to go up against Patrick Corbin and Garrett Cole in two of your first three starts as a big leaguer. I mean, that you're you're you. It's time to show us what you're made of, kid. A uh, good first start. Keep it up. Ooh, breaking news. Oh, boy. The Freemans are having twin boys. Oh. When it's all said and done, the Freemans are going to have one third of a starting lineup in their hat. <laughs> I, I would like for Freddie to play until he's like 48. So we can have four Freemans on the Atlanta Braves. They're going to be like the Watt family, aren't they? Like just three guys playing professionally, all brothers. Exactly. Yes. It's wild. All right. So uh, that that does it for the week ahead for the Atlanta Braves. Cam, what do you say we go listen to some of these voicemails? Let's do it. Time to listen to your voicemails. Hey, as always, thank you guys for sending your questions and your comments to the Chatting Average Hotline. If you have anything you would like for us to talk about, any questions for us, any comments, you want to yell at us for something stupid we said, you can send all of those to area code 678-242-9408. So without further ado, let's get right into it. The first one we have is from friend of the show and patron Josh Goldberg. He says... Afternoon, guys. Not really much to say this week. Just wanted to drop a quick hello and let you guys know how much I enjoyed most of the Patreon episode. Rakes, keep up the good work. And Cam, well, my multifilament friend, you do you. Okay, I don't know what this means. I don't know what this means. <laughs> so I, I um, as I've mentioned in other episodes, I, I, I work at a tennis retailer and, and we are we are full service. We do uh, racket stringing, customization, all kinds of things there. So I made a joke that I knew nobody on Twitter was going to understand the other day where I was uh, I was I was complaining about a particularly difficult string configuration that I was having to put into a tennis racket. Uh, and somehow, Josh Goldberg understood exactly what I was talking about. Um, and he, let's see, he said, think of it this way. Cam is the multi-filament string of your podcast. And so for anyone who doesn't know what that means, a multi-filament string is three things. It is affordable. It is a soft string uh, and creates a lot of power. So uh, I said, affordable soft and powerful yeah i'm on board with that cam analogy <laughs> shut up cam. it was funny well hey we do appreciate the the uh, compliment though on our patreon episode which you can listen to by becoming a patron of this here podcast yeah, you could go to patreon.com slash chatting average and for as little as five dollars a month have access to 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 us, to our chat page, to all of our exclusive content that we've put on there, which so far includes uh, our rehearsal episode that we recorded before ever dropping an actual episode, uh, which was garbage, and we hope you enjoy laughing at us if you're listening to that. Uh, and then we just released an uncut and uncensored episode uh, just the other day for our patrons exclusively. So get in on that. 
check it out. Uh, and, uh, and, and, we, and we've got more on the way, too. I mean, I think, as we've already said, we plan to do an additional episode at least once a month, plus some other little goodies here and there. So uh, if you like this show and you want to support us, you know, for a fairly low cost for additional content, you know, please consider signing up for our Patreon. We would greatly appreciate it. Absolutely. And and so for our for our last message of the week, we are going to the voicemail line and we are going to hear from our friend and Padres fan, Sam Neer. Yo, this is Sam Neer. I know this is mainly a Braves podcast, but I listened to your MLB season preview episode. And now that we're over halfway through the season, I just want to point out what an idiot that guy you had talked about the Padres on here is. First, he talked about... <laughs> would be a huge question mark. Meanwhile, they have been turned out to be one of the best in the league so far. All while questioning Will Myers and Eric Hosmer, who are no doubt living up to their salaries, and while underselling Tatis and Machado as MVP frontrunners, or even mentioning future rookie of the year Jake Cronenworth at all. Even worse, he claimed this bullpen would be lights out, when in reality, the blown leads and injuries have, led, have been so bad, they had to go out and make a trade to upgrade it next time i hope you guys do a better job of betting before you play clowns like this on your show see you guys in a couple weeks <laughs> man so there yeah. there are lots of reasons why that's funny uh the the, the man, we, we just let we just let anybody on our show don't we we do we just like just anybody. So the the first reason that's funny is that Sam was our our Padres correspondent for our season preview episode. If you haven't, go back and check it out. It was the best episode we've ever done. It was episode 19, and we had a fan from every team in the entire league give their preview for their team for the season. Uh, Sam gave a very good, what seemed like a very good preview of the San Diego Padres, uh, having some question marks on offense going into the season, uh, thinking that a strength would be their bullpen. Neither of those things wound up to be true because their bullpen is a liability and they have one of the most potent offenses in the entire league. Yep. So we'll talk to him about that in two weeks time because we are announcing our next guest host is going to be San Diego Padres fan Sam Neer. Yeah. So that's gonna be that's gonna be good fun to get uh to have to have someone sitting in with us that's gonna give us a perspective from the other side of the country. Yeah, gonna gonna be gonna be really cool. I mean the, the Padres are such a fun story this year and it's gonna be fun hearing the perspective of somebody who is an actual Padres fan, you know, and probably is a lot closer to the team than we are. Cam, am I gonna have to pretend to like Manny Machado? I'm not even sure Padres fans still like Manny Machado. Okay, that's fair. I, well, I think they're coming around. Yes, <laughs> Pro, yes. Produ- production, you know, forgives all sins. Yeah, that is true. That is true. <laughs> so, before we wrap up this episode, we are going to award the Chatting Average Player of the Week to two players this time. There were two that really stuck out to us this week, and, and we we just couldn't bring ourselves to narrow it down to one. So first and foremost, I think you could all guess we are going with Ian Anderson. He has been the the hottest prospect in the Braves organization for well over a year now. Finally gets called up, plays the Yankees, going up against Garrett Cole and outduels a man who's making insane amounts of money, signing one of the largest contracts of all time. Anderson puts up six innings pitched, one hit, one earned run, two walks and six strikeouts. 
throwing a one-hitter in his very first Major League start. So, so three cheers for Ian Anderson. And we're also going with Austin Riley this week. He was not good to start the season, but it appears that he's turning that around. In the past eight days, Austin Riley has gone eight for 21 with two home runs, a double, three RBIs, good for a 381 batting average and a 1095 OPS. I cannot overstate how big a resurgent for Austin Riley would be for the Braves lineup. Yeah, yeah, very, very big deal. And he is... It, it it feels like he's starting to turn the corner offensively. You know, I, I don't think that he is quite assimilating to where people think he's going to end up, but he's showing signs of improvement, which is greatly encouraging. Right. Uh, and, and I mean, I know we all had sky high expectations when he broke into the league last year and he was seemingly hitting a home run in every single game that he played. And that, that, that was really an exciting stretch of baseball. And, and I know we all loved it, but I, I like that I'm seeing uh, what seems to be a little more of a consistent hitter. He's recognizing pitches. Well, he might not be hitting as many home runs as he was during that stretch, but he, he is now, nearly back to the point where he can be considered a real offensive threat. And and one thing that we shouldn't talk about Riley without mentioning is is his defense. Now that he's able to get starts at third base, which he wasn't able to last year, obviously because Josh Donaldson had that spot locked down. He has really, really been impressing me with the, with the way that he's, he's fielding his position. He has made some just, just incredible plays and looks very, very solid at the hot corner. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think I think once Ozzy Albies comes back, hopefully later this week, that uh, once he fills in the second base spot, I think we have our answer for the everyday third baseman. Absolutely. I, I couldn't agree more. Well, that's going to do it for this week's episode. For Cam Matthews, my name's Alex. We will see you all next week for another brand new episode of the Chatting Average Podcast. Bye! With that, we've reached the end of the show. If you want to connect with the show, you can contact us via text or voicemail at 678-242-9408 or on Twitter at Average Chatting. If you enjoy the show, please consider becoming a patron at www.patreon.com slash chatting average. We'll see you all next week on another brand new episode of the Chatting Average Podcast.